This is Cliff Richard, and you know, for the best music, you've got to listen to Uncle Ray on Radio 3. Thank you, Cliff. Time to bring in the four from Liverpool. John Paul, George and Ringo, Beatles. It's the end of a glittering era. Radio 3's legendary record-setting presenter, Uncle Ray Cadero, has decided to retire after a broadcasting career spanning more than 70 years. That song was requested again and again and again. Hey, the phone is ringing. Just hold on. I'll come to you in just a minute. The telephone number is important. The hotline, 233-88266. Join him for this one last week of solid gold music and memories with Uncle Ray tonight. I remember the hit when I was very, very young. That's nostalgia. What nostalgia is all about. More. Oh, great old fear is for you. All the way with Uncle Ray for one last time. 10 p.m. till 1, all this week on RTHK Radio 3. Well, there you are. If you have a familiar voice like that, everybody loves you. Music nostalgia. It's fun, isn't it? And now with a heavy heart, now to the final part of today's program. Now, as Uncle Ray broadcasts his final program on RTHK Radio 3 tonight from 10 to 1 p.m., uh, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., I'd also like to, on the behalf of the 123 Show team, to pay tribute to this legend. The world's most durable DJ has been in the business for over 70 years. And in the past, in the next eight minutes, sorry, you'll hear an excerpt of a very special back, uh, birthday backstory that I did with Uncle Ray when he turned 90 back in 2014. And here you'll hear how Uncle Ray got into the radio show business. I was influenced by my older brother. He's 10 years my, my senior. And he got into Radio Fusion first. That's in 1949. And no, no, before that, he I entered in 1949. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what, what made me uh, join Radio Fusion was cable radio in those days. That's okay, not, forgive not... me. I don't know what ra- cable radio <laughs> Oh, dear. No, it's just that, you know, in, in those days, uh, they have this uh, box, this square box. I they, see. They rent it at $10 a month, and you have only four stations. Okay. One English and three uh, Chinese. Chinese, yeah. And my brother was there working like mad. And uh, I was in the Hong Kong Bank for four years after the Second World War. What were you doing in the Hong Kong Bank? Was that one of your first jobs then? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what happened was uh, I was a schoolboy when the war broke out. I was 17. And then, of course, my, whole, the, my mom and sisters and all went to Macau because there's a Portuguese uh, little enclave. And uh, I stayed behind with my dad. And then when, when the Japanese try, uh, started to close in on my dad because he's a senior man in the Hong Kong bank. So my dad said, hey, son, you, you, you better go to Macau. So I went to Macau. So I stayed in Macau until 1945, the end of the Second World War. Yeah. When I came back with a pack, with a pack of good friends, all the teenagers, uh, I wouldn't say teenagers, but we were about early, uh, early twenties. We, we, uh, we sort of, uh, jog along to Stanley Prison because all the offices were closed. There's no, no jobs available except the Hong Kong Bank and the government. So Stanley Prison being a government. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went there and uh, applied for a warder's job looking after prisoners. So, so, and the, the, the Stanley was very nice. They, they took the whole bunch of us, over 20. 
And we had a good time there. And uh, the funny thing was during the war, we were short of tin goods, you know, like corned beef and, and all that. So when we went, when we worked in Stanley, at the end of each week, we had a, a bag of tin goods, corned beef and all. We were so happy. But guess what? We took this, this bag to the Stanley village and sold it to them. <laughs> Wow, very smart. Yeah, sold it to the, to the market, you know, and, and that's our pocket money. Amazing. Okay, so tell us, your brother then was working in the cable radio and yeah. you were inspired by him. Yeah, well, uh, I was inspired by him before that because mm. he, uh, I used to listen to his collection of 78 you know, records, one record, one song, you know, and I was listening to Bing Crosby, Deanna Durbin and Andrew Sisters and all that. I was then uh, if influenced by him. Yeah. And where was your first radio station then? Did you start off in RTHK? Uh, no, 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 no. I started off in Radio Fusion. Okay. What happened was, uh, uh, came in 1949, uh, four years later, my, my brother said, well, uh, do you want to join Radio Fusion? I said that that's 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 good. I said because I'm fed up with the bank anyway. Because in those days they, they don't have computers. They have these huge ledgers that you carry from the floor to the desk and check accounts. And I was sick to my stomach with with this uh, Hong Kong bank. So I I, I quit. I, my my dad was really upset. You know. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but because he didn't he didn't he's been in the bank for so long he has no idea. What it means to a young boy mm. to like to do what he liked to do, you see, and, so, and he he was not a music lover anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so that that's the big difference. So I went to uh, join Rediffusion, and it was funny. They had an American boss called Frank Harris. So the first time I I, I was interviewed by an American fellow, you see, and he said, "Why do you want to join us?" It's simple. I, I like music. So good. Can you just can you start on Monday? I say, wow, it's, it's just like over the weekend, you know, start on Monday. I thought, I say, yeah, sure, I can. But then I got a little brave, and I say, how much are you going to pay me? <laughs> <laughs> then comes this, oh, this blockbuster, you know. He said, seven hundred dollars. I say, what, seven hundred dollars? He say, not enough. Do you want more? I said, no, 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 that's quite enough. For four years in the Hong Kong bank, I was getting $214. Oh, my goodness. And, and this offer of 700 for at just a first. And in, and in those days, if I may say. It's a lot of money. I know. Wow. And the beauty is I knew nothing about radio. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, did you want more money? Uncle Ray, you should yeah. have asked him. You should have said, oh, yeah. No, I, I, I was. You're an honest man. <laughs> no, I was scared. <laughs> I was frightened to even even think about it. You know, seven hundred dollars. I was shocked with the, the figure, and he thought that it, that wasn't enough. You know, I said, no, 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 more more than enough. I said, but but the fun, the, the beauty came. Where I said, can you start on Monday? I said, yes, all right, but start on Monday. But I know nothing about radio. You know, and you said that in the interview. Huh? And you said that in the interview. You said That's you right. know nothing about uh, exactly. So, so I say, what, uh, what should I do? He said, well, uh, why don't you be a scriptwriter? Start off being a scriptwriter. In those days, disc jockeys are not like today. You just 
put on the mic and you talk, you know. They, you have to follow the script. And the script is, uh, comes from me because I write the script, you see. So I, I, I've been writing script. But I know nothing about script writing. So I have to look through <laughs> the American catalog, English catalog, to see how they write scripts. And I learn from there. So I, I was pretty good. And, and being a young man, you, I was very... Creative well, as well. Very quick too. So I was writing good scripts, you see. And um, one day... Uh, uh, an elderly man came to for for a visit to Rudy Fusion, and uh, I, I have no idea who who he is. But after his uh, preliminary uh, meeting with my boss, not not Frank Harris, but the Dun, uh, Roy Dunlop, who is the Canadian boss, he's in charge of the station. See, and he said, um, he said, "Ray, why don't you look after our visitor? Because I'm I'm very busy." I said, "Okay, okay." But I have no idea who who this man is, you know. And so I said, I was only voicing one program. I like jazz so much. I like I I love being, uh, I love playing the drums, you know. So I I um, I said I'll interview him. But I had no idea that this man is so big, so important. He has interviewed all the big names in America and England, like Duke Ellington, uh, Count Basie, and all these big wow. big names. Wow. I was shocked. And you had no idea, and you're about to interview him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was like a green horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Uncle Ray. And so, but, but wait, wait till you hear the end of this story. So I interviewed him. I had a lovely one hour of progressive jazz with this guy called, uh, what's his name now? Uh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, later I found out that he was the, Director of the radio station in Switzerland. Wow! He, director, he's the boss. You Did know? you find out after the interview or just before? After, <laughs> after the interview. So uh, he he gave me a very lovely interview because he knew so much, you know. And uh, came the, the evening. I said, "What am I going to do with this man?" So I say, well, "I'll take him to a nightclub." So I went, took him to Hong Kong side on the first floor of. Um, uh, building in Central called Blue Heaven. It's facing Queen's Theatre. Okay. And, and on the first floor, there was a, a quartet, a Filipino quartet, uh, and a lady singer. The lady, the lady singer is Estelle, Estella, and she was the daughter of the band leader, you know. So, oh, this guy had a wonderful time listening to this. And I, I, there was a long table of uh, staff and members of commercial radio. Nothing to do with me, you see, but they were celebrating something. At the head of the table was George Ho, you know. So I went to George and uh, sort of offered my congratulations and all that. And and this is what he said to me that I will always remember. He said, Ray, my only regret in radio is that you're not working for me. Wow! Wow! (laughs) I said, George... Well, one never knows. Maybe someday I will. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) 
And that was Uncle Ray Cadero. Uncle Ray on a special birthday edition of Backstory, which was first broadcast in 2014. I must say, George Ho's loss is definitely RTHK's gain uh, because Uncle Ray is uh, broadcasting his very last program uh, tonight at 10 p.m. all the way through to 1 a.m. on RTHK Radio 3 and Radio 4 for the first two hours. And um, I, I remember being so nervous for the interview with Uncle Ray because, you know, it's Uncle Ray and the, the most durable DJ in the world and very well respected Uncle Ray and I'd used to listen to him when I was uh, little as well and here was my chance to interview him and my goodness I remember laughing so much in the entire interview and Uncle Ray was just amazing and he really put me at ease so on behalf of the 123 show team and the listeners I really want to wish Uncle Ray all the happiness and good health in his retirement thank you for all the music entertainment and happiness that that you've brought to us over the years and we will miss you and we can't wait to tune in uh, tonight at 10pm for your very last program